Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl, and we're talking on Super Bowl Sunday. Who do you think is going to win in this game? We care about a lot, not really, not <laughs> yeah. very much. Nothing's terribly exciting about this game. Well, I mean, if, if somebody is, were to be excited about it, there are many things to be excited about, uh, mainly the matchup between the two quarterbacks, even though I hate, I kind of hate that whole matchup between the two quarterbacks because not at one time, not once during this game will Mahomes be on defense and Brady on offense. You know, they're not actually <laughs> matched up against each other. They're playing the other team's defenses. So it's a little... I always thought that's always bothered me. Are you are you prepared mentally for the announcer's jokes about Tom Brady's age? I, I am. Are you ready? I am. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let him wash over me. I'm not gonna get irritated at that. Uh, I'm sure there will be plentiful. So, but like, so that idea is is fine. Again, Tom Brady just in general is is interesting at this point in his career and moving to a new team and all that kind of stuff. So I find that a little bit interesting. I think Kansas City is going to win. I don't know that I care who wins. Tampa Bay is in Atlanta's division. I'm an Atlanta fan, so I can easily find reasons not to root for them. Um, and then I easily find reasons not to root for Tom Brady because, of course, what he did to Atlanta. And uh, Kansas City, they still have a native mascot. I don't dig that. Uh, Mahomes is incredibly fun to watch, though. They seem like a pretty good team. I like uh, Andy Reid as a coach. And, um, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. I'm mainly going to watch just because it's almost like what I've done with sports most of this year. Nostalgia, comfort, sense of normalcy. Uh, so we'll see. Thank you for asking. How about you? Are you going to watch any of it with me or no? No, I, I think I will. I, 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 I enjoy the event of us together eating um, chips and the things we just, that I forget the name of, that we just ordered from public. Lots of taquitos. Yes, taquitos. <laughs> um, and groaning at commercials. I, I, I enjoy that part. Like, even if I don't really care about sports like i honestly couldn't tell you what teams were in the super bowl last year it's kansas city was one of them because they won nah, i don't nah, really remember nah. who they played yeah, um but i i i enjoy the the com the camaraderie of it even though we can't have parties and you shouldn't have technically you can but you shouldn't have parties yes do not have parties um i still enjoy just our little our little pod watching and enjoying it. it's fun yeah, it's a all fun right. thing to do. Yeah. And also, there might be some trailers, although I don't really care. For some reason, I feel like I used to be much more excited about trailers, but right now I'm... Is that because you're feeling overwhelmed with how many things are already out there to watch, and so you're not looking for new things to come? Or is it because, because you know, most of the, at least several companies have said instead of spending a ton of money on a big commercial for the Super Bowl, they're donating that money to help the vaccine relief. So I think that, is that part of the lack of hype on that? No, I mean just like trailers in general. I think it's because of the lack of the like the theater experience. Like I enjoy trailers before the movie, and I'm not like so. Maybe there's like a big thing because we did talk about and the not on this podcast but off microphone about the Godzilla versus Kong trailer, and I, I found that that generally enjoyable. But I feel like usually I I don't really care about the trailer. Yeah, exactly. Well, unless for it's like big you know blockbuster movies yeah and so few of them are done well now they usually give too much away so exactly it's almost positive not to care about them because you don't get things spoiled or ruined um yeah so we'll see do you gonna make a prediction even though i know 
you haven't been following it completely, but you want to pick a team to say, all right, I picked it right. Um, let's go with Kansas City. Everyone's said, everyone that I've seen talk about it has said Kansas City. All right, there we go. So we both think but, Kansas City's going to win. And I know you're not going to get this reference, and I don't really get this reference, but in case someone listening does get this reference, don't count on touchdown, Tom. <laughs> Outstanding. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right. Um, so as the main subject of this podcast, we'll be talking about episode five. Yeah, episode five Woo-hoo! of WandaVision. We've been doing it every week. Um was an important episode, but before we get into that, we'll talk about the Snyder Cut of Justice League. One, because I think it's a very interesting subject, and we got some news on it, but mainly I just wanna I wanna just have a debate about the movie. It's a very it's probably the movie I've seen talked about like the most, like on my feed. Uh, but the news that's come out about it is it's gotten R rating, which is you know some of like the joke I guess about Zack Snyder is that he makes like adult movies for adults when like that's how people like has fans perceive them and that's really not the case. And I don't really know. I don't know a lot. I th- I mean I thought I don't really have terribly much of an opinion about Zack Snyder's previous movies. I thought Watchmen was pretty good even though it's like, even though the actual Watchmen graphic novel is leagues better and I think the TV show is also leagues better than that movie. Um, Man of Steel I know I kind of I kind of enjoyed Man of Steel. I don't remember. I need to watch Man of Steel again. Maybe before just because I really don't remember much about Man of Steel but that kind of shows you how much I cared about it if I don't really remember much about it. Uh, BVS I thought was fine i thought bvs was fine there's some moments i kind of generally enjoy zack snyder's style and the kind of the recreating of the the comic book frames and kind of the the darker elements i think i enjoy his you know darker color palette that i feel like everyone talks about how like like there's it's very like gray but i I kind of enjoy that in the movie what's he what's he known what's his best loved movie I think the movies critics have liked best is his remake of Dawn of the Dead. Okay, this is the one with Sarah Polly. I, I don't know. Uh, Ving Rhames? Is that, is I that don't ringing a bell? Any, okay. I don't know any of the cast members. I, I, think, that's, I think that's it. And that's what I... I, I liked that movie a lot. Uh, it was on the other night. I tried to rewatch it and just... I wasn't in the mood. But uh, we should watch that one. What about... Did he do 300? He did do 300. Okay, 300 was great. 300 was fun. Very cool. Uh, very stylized. So, But I think that's the only movie of his, I guess, with Dawn of the Dead that I kind of enjoyed, really. I, I kind of feel like with you about the other ones, like, yeah, they were fine. I don't really remember them too much. Uh, is it fair to say, I know we keep calling this the Snyder Cut, is it more fair to say this is like the Snyder Redo? Because he's not just cutting up old footage, right? Aren't they filming a, like a lot of footage extra? I don't really know. There's certain like arguments where like people will say like it never existed and that this is a complete and utter redo or like people like I I don't think at this point that it's just old footage. I think that is him, you know, getting to do maybe some of the stuff that like maybe was in one of the original drafts of the script or was in his like brain before even talking to the studio warner brothers um 
but I no, I don't. I, it's definitely not all new stuff. All old stuff. There's new stuff because I think like I don't know if like because you know Heath Ledger's Joker is going to be in it. The Deathstroke's going to be in it, and like maybe those are ideas he had when originally making this movie. But I don't think that's stuff that was originally done. Heath Ledger's Joker is going to be in it? No, sorry, sorry, Jared Leto's oh, I was, Joker. <laughs> I was like, that be oh, that is news. That would be much more exciting. <laughs> that would be incredibly like, oh my God, a crossover with Nolan would be amazing. Um, okay, yeah. So I, I'm just really curious, and I don't envy the the nine or ten YouTubers that are going to analyze every footage from the first one and then analyze those and show us the difference. But I'm happy they're going to do it because that's the video I'm going to want to see and and learn from. I think the main differences are just going to be tonally, because I think Joss Whedon, who is the person that you know was brought in to you know do some redos on Justice League after Zack Snyder left, Zack Snyder left because his daughter committed suicide. So that's there's darker notes, and actually like the Snyder fans have like raised a bunch of money for suicide prevention. So like there's definitely a lot of good happening because of this whole movement. But like I think what Joss Whedon did was make it more like I don't I don't know how to probably say this more comical more like brightened things lighter tone up yeah lightened it up and made it people say more similar to his Marvel movies like it's more like like joking like we have like uh, the Flash like drawing and marker on people's faces and stuff. And, Right. Yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. That's that I'm excited about seeing it more so than I probably was excited about seeing like the original version. You know, mainly just to compare the two and see what all the fuss is about. So I think that'll be fun. And also, it's supposed to have like a, a bunch of stuff. I'm worried it's going to be too jam packed. So it's supposed to have Deathstroke and Lex Luthor and Joker, and it's four hours long. And there's going to be Martian Manhunter and. Yeah, that was my fear with the Avengers movie. You know, when they fairly, you know, for that first one came about. Like, how are they going to mash up all these people into one story and make it work? And ironically, Joss Whedon is the one who did that and did a great job of it. Like, that movie was incredible, especially at the time, you know. So, yeah, that's a legitimate concern, but hopefully they'll uh, manage it, right? Oh, yeah, and also I, think it's, also I think it's worth noting that we literally know nothing about, like, what actually happened. Or some of the controvert, like there's something going on with like Ray Fisher. I don't know if he's taking like legal action against Joss Whedon. I think he is. I mean, or, I think there's a lawsuit. Or against, which is probably why people can't talk about it too much. No, uh, against uh, Joss Whedon and Jeff Johns. So we honestly know absolutely nothing about what went on there. So we're just talking about excitement for the for the ideas that have been thrown around for the movie. Do you think uh, Jason Momoa will still have to go, my man? I hope so. I'm not going to watch it if he doesn't. Every time he does, I'm standing up in the theater and yelling out my man back to him. <laughs> I don't want to leave him hanging. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I really like that guy. Um, any, I guess you're not, you're not terribly familiar with the comics, and neither am I. Is there any, like... I'm not at all. Excitement you have with what might happen story-wise... Like with Darkseid? No, because I really don't know that mythology whatsoever, just like I didn't know the Marvel mythology. And I think at this point in my uh, comic book movie going career, it's probably safe to stay that way. 
and just pick up little bits from either you or what's on Twitter or something like that rather than going back and trying to read what it's based on. Because I, I didn't know the Thanos mythology and I don't know the dark side mythology either. So we'll, I'll come along for the ride and to see if they're able to translate that to someone who is on the periphery of being super interested, you know, rather than just interested. So we'll see. No. It's going to, we're going to, just wondering, are we going to, we are going to, hold on. Let's give me a second. <laughs> give me a second. Let to me put gather my, my thoughts. To put my <laughs> thoughts into words. <laughs> I'm gonna. Awesome. <laughs> um, that's gonna take some scheduling. I, but what I'm trying to. Oh my god! What I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to say is that it's four hours long, and that it's a long viewing session. This movie is going to be four hours long. Is that is that legitimately official? I think that is legitimately official. Although I think it's actually done in four one-hour episodes. Oh, that's right. This isn't going to be the movie theaters. No, this is just HBO Max. That's interesting. I wish it was going to be on in a theater when we can go see and be in theaters ourselves. Is this coming soon? When is this? This is like mid-March. Oh, goodness. That's so is, pretty soon. That's coming pretty soon. We've got to get to work on this. We've got to watch the, some of the old ones, like you were saying. Yeah, or watch the Snyder version of BVS. Which stands for Batman versus Superman. Am I correct on that? That does stand for Batman versus that's, Superman. <laughs> that's what I thought. I like the BVS, though. Uh, yeah, we got some work to do. Thank goodness we don't have any other movies we're planning on seeing either. No, definitely <laughs> not. No, there's absolutely yep, nope, not, absolutely nothing. Movies there's not. don't get added to that list on a basically daily basis. There's not a huge <laughs> backlog of stuff we want to watch and record a podcast on. Nope, not at all. Exactly. All right, so we got to get to work on this. That's going to be fun. That'll be fun work, though. I just, you know, all those movies with these, um, it's really the Batman and Superman one that kind of bothered me, though. Mainly Superman, though. I think it was Man of Steel that started it, where there... Isn't Man of Steel where... Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Superman is battling... Um, General Zod. General Zod. And, and snaps his neck. Yeah. And so That's, they both... I didn't remember the snap the neck part, but my, the fight, they're so powerful that watching the fight just feels a little ridiculous to me. Like where there's like super speeding into buildings and going all the way through the buildings and somebody else super speed tackles another person and then they go in the other way direction and destroy some more buildings. I don't know. I, I lost well, interest. What, what you said wasn't very spoilery, but what I said trying to guess at what you were saying was, <laughs> it was very was spoilery. spoilery. Well, we gave an alert. We're good. We're in the clear. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Like, And really, honestly, the amount of jokes that have been made about that, you probably already knew. Yeah. I think I got bored during the the fight scene, which is like the culmination of the movie, I think. So that's that's not a good sign. No. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully this will be super, super great. What else is super great? <laughs> that was my transition. If you <laughs> Oh what <laughs> if we're if you're done with if we're done with all this, all this I I think we're done. We're done. Right. There's probably more to be said, but I didn't really, you know. I didn't really structure it as well as I should have. Well, now that it's coming up pretty soon, we'll probably be talking about it a decent amount more because we can talk about you know getting ready for it as well. You know, yes, mid March is right on the corner. It is. Uh, but what what also is great, <laughs> as you were trying to get me to say, uh, is WandaVision. WandaVision is great. So it starting really is so starting right now, 
spoilers if you haven't seen the episode, although we're not going to do timestamps, you might want to come back again for when we do the What Are You Reading segment, because I just thought about this, that if you leave now, you don't get the other end parts of the podcast that aren't spoilery, but we'll, we'll figure something out about that. So just guess. Just <laughs> move your thing along. Move your bar along and guess. There we go. Or better yet, watch the episode. It's 40 minutes long, and then uh, come join us. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is episode five, right? This in, is episode in five. In the nine-episode uh, limited series. So we are now over uh, halfway through. That's pretty exciting. That is pretty exciting. Oh, uh, this episode is titled On a Very Special episode is directed by matt shackman it's written by peter cameron and mackenzie door created by uh the tv show itself it's created by jack schaefer uh the character of wanda is created by jack kirby the character of vision is created by roy thomas and john buscema and imdb lists like 17 other writers credits so um i'm not gonna list them all but there's a (laughs) lot of people involved in the writing they know who they are they know who they are yeah uh, so that whole title in, uh, on a very special episode, and we talked a little bit about that uh, off microphone, and you know that really was like a big darn thing in the seventies and eighties, and I maybe in the nineties still. Well, they might have phased it out by then. That whole, you know, on a very special episode of blank, you know, lots of emotional things will happen. It was a sitcom thing, so it was like. It was basically saying this is not going to be the normal like sitcom thing. We're going to go deeper here, and it was always there used to be something called Sweeps Week. Do you have you heard of that? No. Nope. So I don't even know if they still have that. I, I would doubt they do. But Sweeps, and I don't I have no idea why they did it like this. Sweeps Week was when the Nielsen ratings, which I which I know you know about, like they would. That's when I, it would like matter. Like they would take this week or two week period out of the year, and I think they would do it twice a year, maybe three times a year, but probably just twice. And they would use those measurements to then figure out what to charge advertisers. And so when sweeps weeks came along, there's all these jokes about like, you know, the mom in the sitcom who normally wears a long flowing dress would all of a sudden be in a bikini the whole time. And other kind of like, guest stars like sports pro stars would come in on guest star on the show like just try to keep everything up for sweeps and that was when a lot of times these episodes would air or like you'd have a 30 minute sitcom that would be an hour during sweeps because it was a very special episode and lots of part ones and part twos so that's what that references and they really do it with this they kind of live up to that actual thing you know, like they've been doing all along with um, combining the tongue in the cheek, tongue in cheek references and semi making fun with also actually homaging it and living in it and doing well and producing a great episode. And they created a really good, very special episode, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think even like outside of the Wanda World sitcom, they do kind of the very special episode thing. Like it's longer than the rest of the episodes have been. And I guess there's more going on in this episode than has gone on in previous episodes and while nobody was in a bikini they did bring on a dog which is very cute it would also be like something they would do during a very special episode like up the cute factor oh uh, yeah um what did you think of this episode 
I loved it. I really did. I mean, the, it was great that the first moment when the neighbor... Catherine Hahn. Yeah, when Catherine Hahn's character says, like, uh, you know, do you, do, you, do you want me to do that again? Should we, should we take it from the top? And we see, like, Vision recognizing that odd behavior. We see Wanda recognizing the odd behavior and, like, communicating with her eyes and the Catherine Hahn. Like, that whole moment was lovely. Like, I really, I really dug that. Yeah, there's a lot of like they really kind of upped the 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 plot, I guess, with this episode. Like we really see Vision kind of becoming aware of everything that's going on, and like we've no, we've seen hints of that previously, but this is like, oh no, he actually knows yeah. now. Yeah, there's like three or four great moments in this episode. That are, I, that's one of them, the first one. To me. That really, that, that play to like the, the creepiness and like thrilleriness. Right. I didn't get the chills the that I got on the previous, one of the previous episodes when we see Vision, like, you know, his dead body, dead Vision. You know, I didn't get that kind of chills, but it was that kind of moment. It was creeping towards that. And I, and I love that. Yeah, like we talk about the stuff with the emit. L. And the stuff with Norm. Exactly. That's yeah. That was the second moment, or the or another moment that really just rocked me. And I was like, "Oh, this is so good!" And you see it on his look on his face, like right before, right? It's like that. Um, you know what it reminds me of? And this, I'm, I think this actress absolutely nailed it. I don't remember. This is a spoiler for Get Out, so I think y'all probably already seen that by now. Uh, you've seen Get Out, right? Yes. Not, okay. I just before you, before you go into this, think if there's a way to say it without spoiling it. One of the characters, uh, is who one of the female characters, she's African American. She's uh, she's a cleaning lady for the house, and you can see her kind of phase in and out of her presence there, in a same kind of way that Norm did. Uh, in this episode and it's just incredibly powerful to see like the layers of consciousness in a character and i don't know how as an actor how you do that but they they do it and it was a great moment to me i thought norm was was amazing in this oh yeah and that's some like great you know i, I mean i know you obviously being an actor you know more about acting than i do but and that seems like it'd be very difficult to kind of go away go from happy sitcom person to like scared and terrified and like I don't think they cut. I think that was the same shot. I think so too. And like having to hold it in, but also let it also come out a little bit that like something's going on behind my brain that I can't fully embrace. And then of course, then he does, then he does fully embrace it after vision kind of, you know, snaps his temples or whatever. And then he has to go back to it. Anyways, that whole thing is just really well done and beautiful. And again, creepy and scary. And he said it hurt. He said it hurts. Got to stop her. Like that's that was beautiful. I love that moment. Yeah, I mean, this show has had like consistently like absolutely just phenomenal acting. Yeah, it like really has. Elizabeth Olsen is so so good and does so so much in she, these. She better these be nominated episodes. for an Emmy. I yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking because it's so great and like this, even this episode with the interactions with the kids, like it's playing like even more layers now because there's a little bit of like. You can see like fear of people finding out, I guess, and like the she's doing so much in the show and she's doing it so well. Right, yeah, exactly. The layers of what she's doing, especially interacting with the kids. You know, one, she's being true to that 
you know, the 80s sitcom acting style. At the same time, there's more going on behind the scenes. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, so it's just really good. Uh, speaking of the kids, how did you feel about that that part of the show? The kind of the the aging quickly and the maybe the effect they're going to have on the rest of the series. I really was curious about that because it was just this kind of like acknowledged thing. Like, oh, they've they've they're raised their age. This is something they can do. And they look at each other and they decide to do it together. And I guess they're twins. I wonder if they could do it separately, but I would doubt it. But Vision doesn't really go nuts about that. You know, he kind of accepts it immediately. And then, um, you know, Catherine Hahn's character accepts it as well, doesn't comment on it, or, you know, or does comment on it, but not in a, oh my gosh, what just happened kind of way. Uh, I don't know. I, I think you know something about the their, what they are in the comics, you know, Very after little. this. They're what? They, I mean, I, all I know is that they are like, active members of superhero society in the comics. And I didn't know, this was an interesting thing, we haven't really talked about like the quote real world yet. Um, I, I know we're, we're going to get there, but like, I'm curious because I believe Darcy says, you know, they're her actual twins. And I think that's, talking uh, about that's so, uh, Monica Rambeau. Okay, Monica Rambeau that. says that. So what does that mean? Did she have trends? Was she a mom before this happened with Vision? Did they have kids? I don't know. It's not like... So what is she... Did she like create them or are they biologically conceived with someone or Vision? Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully not Vision's dead body. (laughs) Hopefully not. I, I wonder what she meant by that, you know? So, well, what did you think about the real world aspects of, of this? I think it's just consistently good. I'm still enjoying the Wanda World parts of this more than the real world parts, but I still have some of the concerns I brought up last podcast with it getting like too jokey. Or I don't mean because I like I like Marvel stuff, but I'm going to use Marvelly in a kind of a bad connotation. Almost right like now. Spielberg, Spielberg like, you know, like his com- comedic elements that some people find incredibly annoying. <laughs> too too Ewoki. Too Ewoki. Too Ewoki. That's a great that's a great term. Too yeah. Ewoki. I think we're far from being too Ewoki. But you know, I could and I'm very thankful for that because I also share that I don't want it to be too Ewoki. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I think they did a good job of kind of, you know, weeding out some of the, the jokes. One thing I did not like, and that this goes into the real world aspect, is the the director of Sword, who I'm trying to find out who he's played by, Josh Stramberg. And actually, this doesn't really have to do with this acting, but more the character. Just this, like, I guess we're, you know, we're not supposed to like him. And he, like, he shoots when, like, he's not aware of there's weapons. Yeah, he doesn't there. tell. But I feel like we've seen, we've seen that kind of character before. We have, and we've seen hints that this was coming. You actually picked up on it earlier than I, than I did. Uh, when we were kind of talking about the dynamic in a, a couple of episodes ago, um, yeah. But if we look at it from his point of view, he's not too. He doesn't cross over into cartoony-ish. I'm talking about not the acting. I'm just talking about the character. Uh, not yet. I mean, he's legitimately like he's got a point. You know, like this is crazy. He's holding a town. She's holding a town kidnapped. We need to kill her and move on for the safety. Um. 
but I think I what well, the character I think to me he's a little bit too like we don't negotiate with terrorists e in a way that like I didn't find subtle or interesting. Okay. Yeah, thank you. That's fair. That's fair. What did you think about Wanda coming into the real world? And that that was that such scene, a good scene. That was such a good she scene. She holds such, you know, power and gravitas. Like it's so I don't know, it's just great to see and it's kind of like it's more like antagonistic persona and like kind of like I, I it makes me think like we're going to have like a a fight against her. Like I mean, I'm sure there's something, you know, more going on behind the scenes that we don't know about yet cuz just in the comics, like maybe characters like Mephisto, who I literally know nothing about besides he's an evil figure, or maybe like I've seen people saying that like Catherine Hans, like the real villain in this, that maybe she's pulling the strings at least partially. I mean, we clearly seen this episode that she's aware of a bit of what's going on completely. And Wanda does like promise, like Vision that. You know, she's not doing this. And she, like, you know... I mean, it seemed, seemed like she meant it. It really did seem like she meant it. And I loved his line after that. He's like, I want to believe you, but, you know, right now, like, I'm... Ignoring statistics Exactly, entirely. ignoring the statistics, you know? So maybe it is Catherine Hahn's character. But surely Wanda, we've seen her have some actions in this world. So it seems like... Yeah, I don't know. It's confusing because when in that scene where she bridges the the barrier, you know, returns the drone that fired on her and is like, you know, leave me alone. This is my home. Certainly seems like she has a lot of control over that area. Yeah, but it also seems like later, like she's telling the truth when she says that, like, she can't control everything. What did you think of... Or, or she doesn't know how this happened, maybe. That she didn't create this world, but she's acting in it and acting to keep it around. Right. That, that, so that, and it could be that dynamic. And that would be a pretty interesting dynamic for her to experience, a place to be. Uh, I loved how they layered the theme of death and resurrection and living with grief and not running away from grief into the dog dying and her, the twins reaction versus how she reacted by, Oh yeah. We learned that. Yeah. She broke into the facility and stole vision's body. That's so we healthy. learned that that was, that was, that's huge news. You know, that was nine days ago, according to the episode. So that was, that's Jack. So we never knew like if vision was in her head you know, we didn't know what Vision was. Was Is he really corporeal or not? But at least now we know that she has the body, so odds are he probably is corporeal. So that, that's gigantic. But so that whole theme of like, if she is doing this, to saving this world, or at least protecting this world, even if she didn't create it, because it gives her and Vision a home, it means she can't accept the grief that she's asking her twins to stay and accept. So clearly on some level, she knows what the right thing to do is. And even if... That's kind of shown even in the commercial. I know the commercial, the little East, every commercial's had a little reference or pseudo Easter egg, but I mean, you're supposed to get it while watching it, so I don't know if it's exactly an Easter egg. Um, for Lagos, which I we didn't get while watching it, we didn't pay attention. It's the name of the city where Wanda, 
you know, does the catalyst for civil war and like blows up the hospital. Yeah, and they even mentioned that, like the the director of <laughs> Sword mentions that in the beginning of like that's when things went wrong in with Sokovia and Lagos. And I still didn't pick up on it, especially even with the commercial, which I want to talk about as well. Oh, but that also goes back to like, you know, covering up the mistake. Kind of that also that also less or so, but also adds into the theme of death and resurrection. That's true. And grief. I, let's talk about the commercial just for a second because it was a it was, you know a remake of a bounty quicker picker upper commercial you know bounty paper towels and that they we do that whole thing you would have like the counter you'd have liquid and you'd have bounty the quicker picker upper on one side and you'd have the leading brand on the other side and somebody would move their hands forward on the towel and it would soak up more it was more absorbent uh, that was done so well and then with having the brand called lagos and then the catchphrase, like the tagline of the commercial and of the brand was like, when you make a mistake but that you need to clean up or something like that, right? Yeah, or need to cover up or something. Which was, you know, again, plays back to that same thing, like you were saying. I just thought that was so well done. Oh, yeah. How do you feel? Well, I guess it's, it's, I think it's kind of come to the point in this podcast where I mentioned all the Easter eggs and speculatory. We got to. We've stuff. only got... Six, seven, eight, nine, right? Left. We got four episodes left. What's going to happen? What have you heard? What's What are we missing? Okay, so when Monica Rambeau, she mentions at one point, you know, when talking about trying to get back into the, to Wanda World, she mentions knowing a, like, I don't know, something engineer. Yeah, they talk space about space engineer, whatever the technical term for that is. Well, I should talk. Yeah, she talks about needing a very like specific type of container that sounds like it would be impossible to build, and and yes, that she has like an engineer in mind or space engineer. Okay. So there's two people in the comics that that could be, or at least from what I've seen, people talking about. Okay, let's hear it. Blue Marvel, who's a character I'm completely unfamiliar with, but isn't, but you know, makes sense if that would be him. Because he's kind of like a Captain Marvel supporting figure. so And obviously, Monica Rambeau, is, her character in the comics is tied to Captain Marvel, and her character in the MCU is tied to Captain Marvel. So that would make sense for it to be him. Although it also makes sense, although I guess less less sense, but would be the bigger reveal is uh, Mr. Fantastic, or Reed Richards, or the Fantastic Four. Because he also, I believe, fits that occupational requirement. And he would obviously be the bigger, more like, wow, oh my god, they're doing Fantastic Four right now? I mean, we've already had a confirmed Fantastic Four movie, but, you know, that's years and years and years in the future. Do you have a hunch over which one it would be? Probably Blue Marvel, I guess, because it just makes more sense. I wish they hadn't the named any of their heroes Marvel or Marvel. I wish they hadn't done that. <laughs> that's, <'cause it's>, uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there but it's it always irritates me detective comics man exactly like i mean i mean dc and marvel copied each other the whole way through always like is there a is there a a mr detective <laughs> you know comic guy detective they... comics guy. <laughs> uh, but those could be any of those two characters obviously be really exciting to see them bring reed richards into it um probably we talked about this off uh recording probably played by john krasinski even though you were wondering like why are 
why why are people excited about John Krasinski? But actually, like right after we had that conversation, I saw another person wanting John Krasinski to be the Fantastic Four. And honestly, just seeing like how he looks now and like how the comic character Reed Richards looks, like I'm gonna be very shocked if it is not John Krasinski. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, he seems very just vanilla to me. But it, clearly, I am in the minority on this. I think he's fine. I like him fine. But I would not get excited about him. Uh, in, in Except for, you know, in so much as I'm excited about to the character or the whole story. So. All right, another Easter eggy thing. During the episode, they tried to scan her, you know, after she's thrown out of Wanda World. And nothing comes up. They can't see anything. And that could be due to the character of Monica Rambeau's powers in the comics she can like transform into different kinds of energy so that would make sense how it doesn't show up on the x-ray or show up on the whatever scan the cat scan yeah um, and they just kind of blow that off no. <laughs> you're like yeah we need another one in lab in, in blood test and they're like no no nothing <laughs> all right but that that this what of the events we've seen in the show could be what gives her her powers the fact that she was in that world and then kicked out by, by yes. Wanda? Yes. Yeah, I guess that could be. I wonder if they'll start, I'm wondering if they're going to hint at that more and start showing her have some more capabilities or whatever. Um, what else you got? We haven't talked about the huge reveal at the end either, but no, I know, let's I know t- we're coming let's to touch that. on that at the end. Sounds good. Um, actually, that may be the extent of the Easter eggs I picked up on or i've heard people talk about i I have a feeling i'm forgetting something so i may come back to that well let's talk about another moment that i loved then before we will save the end of the cameo for the end i loved when the when towards the end of the fight in the kitchen when vision's like you can't control me like you control the others and she goes can't i with this great edge to her voice and the laugh track goes on and the credits roll while they're still fighting. Like the credits roll in the 80s sitcom. You, do you remember this? Oh, yeah. That, okay, I know. You look I do. like you don't remember. I, was, it's really good. It was amazing. And they just kept fighting through it. Like this episode, again, had like four or five of these incredible moments that you just, you know, I haven't seen that on television before. Like that's amazing. Um, and then no, they continue keep, no, their Keep in fight. mind, big television heads, we don't watch terribly a lot of TV and probably not the TV that we should. Us? Just. Sure we do. Well, maybe I don't. Well, <laughs> I'm speaking for myself. I should speak for myself, I guess. Well, I mean, I have a whole, whole, whole you know, life of watching television, you know, from back in the day. Single, single, single mom, work, single working mom, you know, kid at home with the TV. Um. I just thought it was so beautifully done that clearly like that was where the episode would wrap up if this was going to be truly an 80s episode, but they're going to go at it. They're going to fight. They're going to levitate. I just, I thought that was an incredible moment. And it kind of shows like, I guess, kind of what's going on with Vision. And it makes me wonder how we're going to start in the next episode. Like, is it going to be right afterward? Are we going to see that like Wanda's redone it again and like vision is like back to normal vision yeah i know he does have he loves that layout we should just watch tv and then you read make all this i hope that we do get a 90s sitcom i hope we're doing friends or seinfeld or frazier or 
something's like playing with those elements, I think would be fun. Well, they probably are going to. I mean, I don't think see how they wouldn't. Yeah, they don't end the fun. Even if we're getting things serious and we're battling and we're trying to figure out what's going on, let's keep the style and the fun. That's that's part of the joy of the show. Although I would like to continue with how we've been doing it. We're like uh, A plots in Wanda World, B plots not. Yeah, I think they did a great job because that's something we were wondering in previous podcast episodes is what the balance will be. And I think they're, they're nailing it. I didn't, I didn't keep tally by any means, but it felt pretty well balanced. Um, I don't know if it was exactly 50, 50 or if it was more like 70, 30 or 60, 40, but whatever they chose and did, it felt right. Yes. And like, especially since like, you know, maybe I felt more hesitant about it last episode. Like I think they've really done a good job of making the real world parts. Interesting. So I'm, I'm, I I don't mind getting more of the other, although I'd prefer more stuff in Wonderworld, no. actually. So I, I actually do <laughs> have a preference. Well, they're, but they're discovering stuff, and they're, they're trying to solve a mystery, and we have, you know, we have some knowledge they don't, and they have some knowledge that we don't, probably. Uh, yeah. All right, let's talk about the cameo, though. Yes, let's talk about the I cameo, the big, the big discussion. So earlier in the, earlier in the episode, when Wanda is talking to the twins about family... Uh, somebody asks, I don't remember who it was, like if she had a brother. And you see her kind of like almost remember that she has a brother and that he's very far away. A.K.A. dead. And that makes her sad sometimes. But I don't know. Death doesn't seem to hold much staying power. Um, So they set it up at the beginning of the episode pretty pretty lovely. I mean, they had been mentioning him for a while during the show also. They had or had not. They have because that's that. I mean, that's what gets Monica Rambeau thrown out of Wonder World. Is oh, I forgot that mentioning the as mentioning Pietro. Oh, that's even better. That's really cool. Okay, so then you know they're on the couch and this is after the credits have rolled on that thing. They're still fighting, and she says like, you know, I don't can't control everything. I'm not controlling everything. He says, I don't believe you. And then the doorbell rings, and she's like, I didn't plan that. That's not me. Uh, what happens then? They open the door and they do this big, like they they really turn it into a moment. That's right. They see her eyes are wide, and then they cut. Right? They cut back to the real world. Real world, where then like their eyes are wide. They're like, "Well, my oh, this is what I noticed this time because we watched. This is the first time we've watched it twice. They are going crazy. the 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 alarms are going off in the real world. Like people are running about. Alarms are going off, and Monica Rambeau, or is it Cat Dennings? One of those two is like moving and then notices the TV that this other person is there and starts watching. Oh, I did not notice that. So I I wonder if the alarm is something else going on. The alarm, at least upon watching it this time, the alarm did not seem like it was related to Pietro. Though it could have been, but it didn't look like it was. Yes, but uh, but the the main thing is like, it's Quick Pietro's back, Quicksilver is back, but not being played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, who played him in Age of Ultron, being played by Evan Peters, who played the character of Quicksilver in the Fox X-Men movies. So what does that mean, Hank? There's so... Actually, there's not so many different things that that could be. <laughs> what I've seen is either... It's just a, it's a recast using Guanda ways, or he's just another person in this universe who's not Quicksilver. He been- doesn't recognize him. That was interesting. I thought you did recognize him. 
I didn't think so. Looking at Ian, they have that moment where she's just staring at him, and he has to say, "Hey, can't your big bro get a hug?" You know, like she, like I, that's how I took it. I took it as if she did not recognize him. Ah, but like this also could be, and I mean, this seems like the direction Marvel's going in, and also DC. They're they're moving in in this direction, and the kind of the same time is the multiverse. So this could be. The Evan Peters Quicksilver we've seen in the Fox X-Men movies. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I would say it probably is, right? Well, it could, it could be other things. They could they could do other things with that. They could. Yeah, like what? I guess have... Maybe this is Wanda purposely creating Quicksilver. It's probably not that. Or maybe... Or maybe like Evan Peters is another character who's just playing the part of Quicksilver in Wanda World. Yeah, it seems it was an interesting choice to use this other actor. Uh, you know, clearly not an accident. So I'm curious. I'm curious what it actually is and how they're how that's going to happen because Pietro in the real world is dead. Yes. Yeah. So I guess this we're doing. I guess we're doing some multiverse stuff here. Or it could be another, maybe I've also seen people say this could be Mephisto taking this form. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. Although I don't really I mean, they got to pay it off somehow. You can't just hire this actor and not pay this off. You know, it can't be just like, oh, no, what are you talking about? He's just playing and, you know, like they've got to use this. It can't That's be, true. you know, like he just gave a great audition. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's there's got to be something more than that. Um, um, that the fact that she didn't recognize him, the fact that he has to be give that whole, um, again, yeah, doesn't your big brother get a hug? Like remind her who he is. Now the other, only other thing, and I think this would be a poor choice, is you know unlike most shows like that have, you know every now and then an actor has to be replaced and you keep the same character. Soap operas do it a lot. And, you know, what happens is that in that first episode, they're back. They just say their name a lot, you know, so that, like, the audience gets more comfortable with them. Um, Doctor Who, of course, you know, they regenerate and, like, you know, and it's part of the actual show. So it could be a tiny little TV Easter egg to those times when an actor takes over a previously existing role. But I would doubt that. That would be really disappointed if that was it. Yes, I, I would be too. Here's something I noticed. And actually, this goes in the bait of whether this is the Evan Peters Quicksilver we've seen before or just Evan Peters playing Quicksilver again, uh, is the accent. I mean, he clearly has this... This I mean, he clearly has an accent when we hear him talk. He did? He did. I still didn't notice it. I, 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 did. I think that's just his accent. I don't think it is, because I don't think that's the accent he had in Age of Ultron. Not Age of Ultron, sorry. Accent he had <laughs> oh in... Oh my god, it's working! <laughs> accent, <laughs> accent he had in Days of Future Past. Or I, d- I, didn't notice, I didn't notice an accent. I, did, I just think he speaks weirdly. But um, here's... But this goes to the accent thing. When Wanda comes out of this world, she has an accent. I noticed that too. It's very subtle, though. So, I, th- I mean, they had similar accents. And this is the first time we've... I mean, I don't remember Wanda having this kind of Eastern European accent beforehand, even though she's from somewhere in Eastern Europe. Well, she did in the other movies, like the Ultron movies. Oh, I, I, I guess I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah, she did. But uh, it's an accent she doesn't have in Wanda World. No, she doesn't. 
What does that mean? I don't know, but it's really cool. Yeah, there's so, there's definitely something going on there with the accents. I don't think that's an that's an accident or just something they put in willy nilly. Yeah, no, no, that's yeah, definitely. There's clues there that's supposed to mean something. Um, and I'm. Uh, do you think? Do you think um, Quicksilver will be in the next episode? Oh, definitely. So he's gonna come like be part of the like part of the family, right? Oh uh, yeah, they're definitely gonna play on that. That's gonna be crazy. It is. And in, you know, speaking of this, since it, I mean, with the rumors about Spider-Man three, too, like they're definitely going the multiverse route with that. I mean, the next Doctor Strange movie that's supposed to have Wanda in it is called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm. So, I guess what I'm what I'm asking is, are there any characters from these other comic book Marvel, Marvel universes that you would like to see come in? I guess that's mainly when it comes to the X-Men like are there chances of the other X-Men actors coming in no that's a really good question I don't know who I would want to see Patrick Stewart I mean of course (laughs) of course that would be amazing but I I doubt they'll do that I doubt they'll do that either but I don't know if they could keep uh, Mandalorian spoiler you know if they can keep you know Mark what I was saying maybe try not to see if you can say in the way that's not spoilery. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big, there's a big hidden casting reveal kind of thing and uh, appearance in the Mandalorian, and it was amazing they were able to keep that a secret. Because I was saying, surely we would have heard if Patrick Stewart was going to be in it, but maybe they, maybe they're just doing that. Yes. So, and also, I didn't I haven't even think, thought about in this way until like just now. The House of M storyline, which I think is the main storyline they're basing this WandaVision show off of, has a lot to do with mutants and the X-Men. Is that the M? In the House of M? Mutants? I'm not even sure. It's either... I don't even know. I I, thought, I mean, it's either mutants or Mephisto. Oh, uh, okay. I think. I think it could be Mephisto as well. Um, but, like, basically in the House of M comics, I don't feel bad about, you know, spoiling this since... <laughs> I know I'm, be, I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite. You're good here, but uh, I think it has to do like with. But basically, I think it ends with her saying like, "No more mutants," and like wiping out like a good amount of the mutant population, including herself. No, I guess she's she's not a mutant, is she? I guess she would. She, I think she is a mutant because she's a daughter of Magneto in the comics. Oh yeah, in the TV show they talked about her getting her powers through like. Research with the Mind Stone. And that is kind of what we see in Age of Ultron from Strucker. Right. I don't know. So, uh, so clearly... I, I guess not... not in, in this version, no, she is not a mutant. In the comics, she is a mutant. Okay. So maybe, like... I mean, there's been, a, like, a bunch of jokes about, like, instead of no more mutants, it's no, comma, more mutants. <laughs> and that's how they get mutants in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. Caliphate falls no more. Um, that's amazing. That's no more mutants. <laughs> that's so great. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I mean, we probably should kind of wrap things up here. But like, it, it, it to me is that it's a testament of the show and how well it is done and how well it's written. That we had tons of questions going into this. We've 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 watched five episodes. We've had a ton of questions answered, but yet we still have a ton of questions left. And it feels earned. It doesn't feel cheap. 
Um, it's just really great. It's a really great TV show. I am hoping, and I think they will, because Marvel hasn't you know, disappointed yet. I mean, they did disappoint before, maybe with Thor in the Dark World or some of the Iron Man sequels. But, like, I mean, I, I, I think they'll do it well. But I, what I hope they do is, like, they, they go back to these plot points, right? I hope they don't, like, forget about them. Like, I hope they don't, like, give us too many questions without, you know, giving us answers that match. Yeah. I, like, I, I hope they, like, don't... I don't think they'll do this. I hope they don't forget about answering the questions that they previously brought up and just keep on with more questions. Yeah, I don't think they will. It's, I think it's pretty bad. It's, it's not great storytelling to set up a, a promise and a mystery for the reader, a question for the reader, and then not pay it off with an answer. Um, you know, even in mysteries with red herrings, there usually needs to be some kind of explanation for it. You kind of owe that. It's kind of cheating otherwise. So I, I, I hope, I can't imagine they're going to leave stuff dangling. Or they, But it may be if they do, it might be only temporarily dangling and then it might come back up in another thing. Because they're good at that too. You know. They are. Um, awesome, man. I think, that, yeah, I think that's the end of all, all the discussion that can be had until next <laughs> week when they bring us more questions and hopefully answer some of them and do some crazy stuff with Quicksilver or find out what the emergency was that causes all the lights if it you know it possibly is quicksilver yeah me too um what are you reading uh i am reading uh metamorphosis and other stories from franz kafka i i can't remember who it's collected by i'm trying to see i think it's around here somewhere in the house well that's all right i mean that's but, uh, i think metamorphosis and other stories kafka that's that that's clear um it's really good so far how I mean, far into the book? Because uh, it's 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 short stories, right? And then that is it, is Metamorphosis a novella? Is it a novel? How long is it? I think it's a novella. Okay. Um, but like, there's a bunch of different stuff. I've I've finished like the first part of it, which is a collection of smaller stuff, like one paragraph stuff, and it's just been really good. There's been some like weirder stuff, and not weird in the way that like it's like. I guess not weird in the way that it's weird or like higher level. Maybe just that like it's so short that like you're kind of questioning like, okay, what's the, what's the hidden meaning behind this? Or like, I guess there's some whys that can't be answered in one paragraph, but like really like the mood it creates and some of the, just some of the ones are really good and like thought provoking and compelling. How much of it do you need to read before you can legitimately use the term Kafkaesque? Um, I'll, <laughs> I would imagine probably all of it. Okay. Right. All right. And then I'll be using Kafkaesque left and right. <laughs> then, then I look we'll, forward to the day. And then we watch the filmography of David Lynch, and then we call things Lynchian, and then we're just about the coolest people on the planet. Exactly. And I've read 1984 and Animal Farm, so I can say Orwellian. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I'm surprised I don't drop that more on you just because, you know, you can't. <laughs> uh, are we, is what's going on on Twitter literally 1984? It is literally 1984. <laughs> Goodness, no. No. Um, I am reading A Brief History of Seven Killings by Marlon James and this won the man Booker Prize 
And it's so good already. It kind of centers around, uh, I mean, it, Jamaica and Jamaican politics and singer, centers around a little bit Bob Marley, uh, who's known as the singer in it. It's so far the narrative device is uh, long chapters from specific characters' points of view. And there's a ton of characters in it, so much so that there's almost like a dramatic personae. Uh, I mean, there is a cast of characters in the in the beginning of the book, organized by like either gang or city or town or that kind of thing, and it's like you know, there's like thirty people. So it's it's stunning so far. Like one of those books that not only holds your interest because um, you want to know what's going to happen in the story, but it's also like, oh wow, how did you pull this off? And I'm only like seven percent of the way finished, I think. And I'm already thinking that, so I'm enjoying it a lot. I highly recommend, even at this early stage. All right. Great! It seems like we're both reading books we enjoy. Go team! I oh, love that's it. good. Excellent. Well, all right. Well, that kind of does it for uh, this week's One Division podcast. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Oh, yeah. and if you uh, hold on, let me just say, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're looking forward to more hours on culture, we have a podcast on the little things. That's Actually, it's probably up before this one is, but it's recorded. It's not up now. We're going to record podcasts on The Dig, which is already out, on Judas and the Black Messiah, hopefully on St. Maud, if it's available worth watching. I think it's only going on Epics, and I don't think we'll be getting Epics. Uh, there's also I mean, weekly WandaVision stuff. There's there's a lot. We've, we have a long list of stuff to record podcasts on. We probably won't get to all of it but we'll try to get to some of it oh a glitch in the matrix another movie that i want to record a podcast on so look forward to those coming in the next few weeks for some of them and next few days for others and until then day de dago homie until we meet again bye thank you for listening to the owls on culture podcast our theme music was recorded and assembled by marine sozier and antoine show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com, where you can read the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the Flock email, a twice-a-month newsletter that delivers a short film, poetry, a short story, and visual art right to your inbox. It's your monthly dose of art curated by Pinecone Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating on iTunes. Thanks for listening.